Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Our poll question is up, and it's simple. We got 10,000 votes so far. If you ran the Steelers, how would you handle Antonio Brown not showing up for the final game of the season? If you haven't followed this story, it is wild, it is diva-like, it is absurd, and and, 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 and really crazy for a franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers, which has long prided itself on professionalism. On Wednesday of the final week of the NFL season, Antonio Brown got angry and threw a football at Ben Roethlisberger, his quarterback. He then did not show up for practice for multiple days. The Steelers couldn't get in touch with him. They didn't know what to do. They claimed that he was injured and was not going to play in the games. Saturday comes, Sunday comes, Brown shows up, watches the game from the stadium in some way. Everything about it is utterly absurd. Mike Tomlin yesterday had a press conference where he tried to address the situation. This is what it sounded like. After uh, Friday's business was done, it became difficult to, to communicate and catch up with him. I wasn't able to communicate with him on Friday evening or Saturday morning. So when we had our Saturday morning mock game or walkthrough and he was unavailable and we hadn't communicated with him, then it became something altogether different. Circumstances being what they were and the amount of things that we were going through, um, it wasn't a lot of communication there. Obviously, we take his lack of communication, his lack of presence, particularly on Saturday prior to the game, uh, to be something that's very significant and will be handled appropriately so. I'm not going to speculate on trades and things of that nature. Uh, We haven't formally received a request in that regard. I'm not going to speculate in terms of where the discipline might go and things of that nature. Just know um, that it's going to be addressed and it will be addressed and needs to be addressed uh, for obvious reasons. So the Steelers under Mike Tomlin have fallen into a mess. And I think you can make an argument and a pretty solid argument right now 
that Mike Tomlin would deserve to be fired over the off-field shenanigans that have gone on with the Steelers over the past year and change. Le'Veon Bell not being able to get worked out. Maybe you can give Mike Tomlin a pass on that because it's more of a financial decision than it is a football decision, maybe. But not being able to get your star wide receiver to show up to play in the final week of the season as you are fighting for your playoff life is, to me, a sign that Mike Tomlin has lost control of this locker room and of this franchise in general. So... Our poll question, which over 10,000 of you have voted in the last hour, is if you ran the Steelers, how would you handle Antonio Brown not showing up for the final game of the season? Options are release him, trade him, fine, and keep him. 57% of you are saying trade him. 31% are saying fine and keep him. 12% are saying release him. Now, complicating factor in terms of all of this is, of course, the contract situation. And the contract situation in particular is a substantial component of this story overall. And that is, how do the Steelers handle it? Right now, uh, Antonio Brown is in his third year of a five-year, $72.7 million contract extension that's already been restructured. He has a salary cap of $22.1 million this year. If he's off the roster, the Steelers take on $21 million worth of dead money. That could be separated out over multiple years, but it would still mean that that is a substantial dollar figure the Steelers don't have, which is why trading him is probably preferable. Is there a team out there that would take on this remaining amount of salary? That is a challenge, particularly considering that Antonio Brown is a 30-year-old receiver right now and that you would be Uh, basically gambling that you could get him to buy into whatever team that you uh, are running and that his productivity would continue to remain at the same level. Remember, 31-year-old wide receivers typically do not get better. That's particularly the case if he might be playing for a uh, a team that is not as talented uh, at the quarterback position as what he has grown used to with Ben Roethlisberger, who goes bends over backwards to get him the football. Uh, and remember that Antonio Brown is also going to turn 31 years old before the season starts this year. So again, when you factor in age here and salary, Antonio Brown is making a lot of money for a 31-year-old wide receiver when, let's be honest, most wide receivers are not still behaving uh, in a – or not still performing in an extraordinary fashion into their 32s and 33-year-old receiving ages. Now, this is also further evidence of – how the NFL standard for behavior is totally different than almost any other profession. In almost any other profession, if you threw a object at a coworker and then did not show up for work for multiple days, you would be fired on the spot. The standard for behavior is very lenient in the NFL, particularly when you are Antonio Brown and you have had, I think it's six straight seasons of over 100 catches, you were able to get away with basically any and everything, 
and I don't know what the solution is on this, but Antonio Brown is claiming that he's going to do an interview with James Harrison. James Harrison sometimes comes on Lock It In with us, my uh, daily television show on FS1. I've never thought to myself, man, James Harrison seems like a reincarnation of Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes, so I have no idea how that interview would go, but I figure it would not be positive for the Pittsburgh Steelers. As if all of this drama was not enough, Antonio Brown has also recently taken to uh, not only Twitter, but also to the television airwaves where, believe it or not, and I swear to God this really happened. Now, this was pre-taped, but last night he appeared on a masked singing special singing along to Bobby Brown's My Prerogative, and I think we have actually, this is real, I think we have actual audio of this. Is there anything else extraordinary here, or is this just my prerogative? Is anything else said in this clip? No, just his amazing singing. Yeah, just amazing singing from Antonio Brown. The concept of this show is that you wear a head, you know, like a mask. And yeah, you come a mask and, and a costume. Yeah, in a costume. And so this thing was taped beforehand. But I think it does kind of speak to Antonio Brown's larger diva tendencies. And this also reminds me of back in the day, Kenny Britt, who was a first-round draft pick of the Tennessee Titans, had all these off-field related incidents, and nobody had heard from him in like months as he was coming back from rehabbing an injury. And then I swear to God this happened. He showed up on the stage as Britney Spears' slave during a concert live in Nashville, Tennessee. I am not even making this up. You know you got a diva receiver when nobody has heard from him for months, nobody knows where he is, what he's doing, what his day-to-day is going to be, and then suddenly he shows up in a uh, like gimp mask on the stage being ridden by Britney Spears around on the stage in Nashville. This not quite that, but Antonio Brown in the middle of all the news suddenly appears on Fox on this new masked television show. I want to bring in the crew because the poll question is, how would you handle this? And I started earlier in hour one with Eddie Garcia, who is a Steelers fan. I still want to go back to him. You've had more time to think about this. What do you do? I want everybody to pretend that they are the Steelers GM and they have to figure out what to do here. I want your solution. I'm going to go around the horn. Eddie Garcia, I start with you because you are a Steelers fan. Yeah, I'm. I still need to know what the problem is. This is this is one of the craziest things about this whole situation. I don't think they specifically know what Antonio Brown is is upset about because he's getting paid, he's productive, he's having a good season. Uh, you know, there's speculation that he was 
hurt because he wasn't named the MVP and another receiver was Juju Smith-Schuster and that he's upset about that and I mean I, I guess is that what he's upset about does he, I, does he feel like he's not loved by I his mean, teammates he's a 31 year old man I totally agree and it, here can you imagine I mean I don't even know what the reaction would be I, I have never missed like if if I am going to miss one of the days on this show I tell our bosses Scott Shapiro and Don Martin like six months in advance I'll email them and be like, hey, here's what the next six months looks like me, looks like for me to allow you to plan out what the show would look like. This show is wildly successful now, the most successful morning show Fox Sports Radio has ever had. I think they might fire me if I threw something at a coworker and then didn't respond to any of their text messages for the next five days, right? And I don't think there'd be any kind of defense that anybody would have for my behavior in that context. So, like, your point of, I want to know what he's upset about, I kind of get that, but he's not six. You know, like, my position is, our checks aren't bouncing. I don't care whether you're upset or not. You show up and you perform. Now, if you want to behave like an adult and ask for a meeting with your boss because something is going on that you feel like is hindering your ability to perform at the highest level and you want to get it rectified, that's how an adult would respond. But, but throwing but I think something if, at if, a coworker and then just not showing up for work for the next five days, 99.9% of people, no matter what their job is in America, would lose their job for that. But I think if you're the star of the network and you're doing really well, and the team and the network would like to keep you, I think you, you they bring do you, think you in. They would fire but me they bring you I in and they ask you, at, "Why did you do that? What's if going I threw on?" Something at one of you and then refuse to respond to text messages for five consecutive days. You guys have been at the network longer. I've never missed a day of work so far. Right? I've been pretty easy going. But I think they would be well within their rights to fire me if that happened and. I, you know, like for radio purposes, we're doing about as well as a radio show can do, right? In our time slot and everything else. And I still feel like they would have perfectly within their rights to fire me. Now, if they eventually found out that the reason why I hadn't, you know, been in contact was because, you know, something awful had happened, then there's a different storyline there. But just not showing up for five works, like if I got kidnapped by a Mexican cartel and that's the reason why I wasn't responding to contact, okay, like there's, yeah, that would be a hell of a story. That would at least be a reason, right? But just not to show up because I was angry about something, like that's not how an adult behaves. And I, I, I don't think very many people would keep their jobs. I don't disagree with what you're saying, but again, you're asking me if I'm the GM, I try to bring him in, I try to figure out what the problem is, and I try to see if there's a solution to it, but I also am taking calls, making calls to find out what is out there if we want to trade him, test the waters, see what we can get in return. I, everything's on the table right now, but I, he look, he's too good for you to say, even with what he's done, and again... I'll put up with a lot of crap from a great player, but you got to show up to do your job. So I'm considering trading one of the best receivers in the NFL, but I, I try to work it out. But if I can't work it out, then yeah, I'm, I'm totally up for getting rid of him and, and bringing in somebody I'm else. trading him. I, I, I can't send the message to the rest of the team that you cannot show up for a game and feud with your coach, with your quarterback, and everybody else. I am getting as much value as I can for him and putting him on the market, never letting him play for the Steelers again. Danny G, what would you do? 
I'm with you. Ain't nobody got time for diva wide receivers right now. And you might have heard about that report where a, a teammate said that AB was talking smack to coaches and teammates right after he got his big payday. If that's true and I'm the GM, that really, really bothers me and I'd move away from him most likely. The Steelers have the 20th pick. Uh, my biggest needs would be cornerback, linebacker, pass rusher, but I would move wide receiver up to the top of that list. There's a couple of other Browns available in April. A.J. Brown of Ole Miss and Marquise Hollywood Brown of Oklahoma would look good in a Steelers uniform. Yeah, and look, the Steelers are fortunate that they have a very good quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, and I think they're going to be able to uh, – he makes a lot of receivers look good. Look at how good Juju Smith-Schuster has been in his second year. The challenge, I think, for the Steelers more so than anything else is I talked about a little bit how this reminds me of Russell Wilson and the situation that took place in Seattle where the defense wanted to be the leaders of that team and Pete Carroll picked Russell Wilson and said, no, you're the face of this franchise. You're my guy. That's easier to do when your quarterback is young and you know you have a lot of years left. What does Ben Roethlisberger have left? Two, three years at the absolute top two. end. Yeah. yeah. So when you're choosing Ben Roethlisberger here, now interestingly, I think the same thing is probably true of Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's going to be 31 in July. What are the odds that he's going to be a great wide receiver at 34 or 35? The numbers would suggest over time in the NFL that the number of really good 34-year-old wide receivers are few and uh, far between. What about you, Dub? How do you handle this? I don't know, but I just can't stop thinking about the Steelers replacing Antonio Brown with Hollywood Brown, which is his cousin. That would be just rubbing some dirt on the <laughs> yeah. right there. Yeah, you definitely can't draft his cousin. That's a funny – I mean, I, I like the idea yeah, you could. of him being a, a playmaker in the NFL, but replacing him with his cousin would be uh, would be pretty unbelievable. It's like when the Titans uh, kicked Steve McNair to the curb and then replaced him with his godson, Vince Young. Uh, that was a uh, really awkward situation. You can't replace him with his cousin. I don't think – I think A.J. Brown would do phenomenally. Um, I don't know where A.J. Brown is projected to be going right now, Ole Miss wide receiver, uh, but uh, he would do phenomenally well, I think, with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, speed and the ability to stretch the defense, there aren't very many guys in the NFL doing it better than Antonio Brown right now, so that would be a challenge, maybe finding somebody who fits in uh, as well with him. Roberto, how do you handle it? I agree with you guys. you got to trade him. If they're not going to get rid of Mike Tomlin, who – allows these kind of crazy things to happen in the locker room because who misses practice during the weekend says, oh, you know what, I'm just going to go, I'm, I'm going to show up to the game because Mike Tomlin might let, might let me play anyways. It's, yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. Can you imagine that working for Bill Belichick? Can you imagine having your agent call Bill Belichick on Saturday or Sunday to try to figure out whether or not you're going to be able to play in the game despite the fact that you haven't shown up for multiple days of practice and haven't shown up at the facility as you get ready? I mean, again, I, the only thing I wish, if I could change anything, is just I wish the Steelers were in the playoffs and all this news is coming out. And by the way, I think the Steelers have to get fined a big dollar figure here by the NFL too because they lied on their injury report. They lied on why Antonio Brown was not playing and those injury report uh, and, and statements, I think, matter a great deal when you are looking at them to see who might be playing in games and who might not. And when you lie and say that the reason he's not playing is because of injuries, when in reality, he's just calling off the deep end and, and throwing a fit. 
Um, I, I just don't think that's acceptable. I think the NFL has to hit him with a fine here. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's time for the anonymous mailbag live on the radio. We got callers lined up, 877-996-6369. You can also hop in as well, but cue the music, boys. Let's hear what this sounds like. You've got mail, mother anonymous mail, babe. If it was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Let's go to the great state of Texas. What you got for me? Hey, what's going on, Clay? Hope y'all had a good New Year's. Uh, kind of feel like I'm calling in on uh, uh, the Jerry Springer show right now. So I got one of my buddies. He had uh, a child, or his wife had a child by another man last year. Uh, now. Well, hold on a sec. Uh, hold on a sec. How did he find out that the kid wasn't his? Um, it was a different race. Oh well, that's uh, that's uh, that's one way. Okay. <laughs> and he stayed with and, her. Um, yes, he did. So did he know uh, well, in advance, he or he showed up at the at the hospital and the baby was a different race than him? No, she told him. Okay. She told him uh, uh, when she got pregnant. All right. Uh, now she's messing around with uh, a girl. And they have two kids together. Uh, but he does not want to. You know, they've been together since they were in their, you know, 13 years old, somewhere around there. I don't know. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to give that up. So, okay, so hold on a sec. So she, uh, they have three kids total, two are his, one are by another guy. Yeah. And now she's taken up with women. Yeah. Uh, you got to just tell him to leave. You got to tell him to pull the ripcord. Is she really good looking? I don't even understand what the attraction here would be. Yeah, yeah, she's de- she's decent. It's more so uh, that they just have kids and uh, just, you know, that's all the thing he's known all of his life, nearly. Yeah, okay. That's, this is, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, I can't even imagine how ridiculous the home life situation would be if dad and mom are married and mom has a kid by a different person while she's married to dad. If you have any self-respect whatsoever for yourself, you bail on that. You might be able probably to get custody of the two kids that are yours if there's ever been a situation where you uh, end up looking like the good guy. I think it's probably when your wife has a kid while you're married to her by another guy. The self-respect level deciding to stay would have to be about as low as you could possibly get. I actually feel bad for that guy just hearing that story. And I feel even worse for him that he has such little testicular fortitude that he's not even willing to walk out on her. What a total pussy willow. Uh, North Carolina, what you got for me? Hey, good morning. Um, All right, so I have a particularly weird situation, and I hope you can be the voice of reason here. So here it is. I met this girl. She is a freshman in college. We met in about mid-September. I live in a pretty small town. How old are you? Um, I'm 26. You're 26, and you met a 19-year-old, 18-year-old? She's 20. She took a year off, but she's a freshman in college. All right, freshman in college. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay, so again, I live in a small town, um, and she kind of grew up in this town, but different high schools. Anyway, the point is, is 
you know, we've been dating for a couple months and really wanted to wait on meeting the parents and everything. So I brought her over to meet my family on Christmas Eve for dinner. And it was a really odd exchange when she met my dad. Thought it was odd. I didn't really, you know, we didn't really expand on it. And then I called her Christmas Day, and she didn't answer. And I still haven't heard from her. And then I finally talked to her best friend and find out that she, my dad is an OBGYN, by the way. And so that is how they know each other. They completely played it off, so I didn't know, so it wasn't awkward, because for him, he'd have been breaking HIPAA. Uh, so basically, my dad is an OBGYN who uh, knows my girlfriend pretty intimately. I don't know what to do. Well, first of all, if your dad is a, is a gynecologist in a small town, he's seen a lot of pussy willows all over that town. So the odds are, if you're dating a girl that has a gynecologist in your small town, your dad might be her doctor. So I, I, I don't it's – it's interesting. I've never heard of even thinking of this, this uh, situation before. I don't think uh, – this is actually really kind of fascinating. I would imagine that this is like a woman's worst nightmare, right? Maybe not worst nightmare, but this would be an uncomfortable situation. Is like, hey, you know, it's a little bit awkward when I go see this person for the, you know, like gynecological issues that I have. And then I unsuspectingly realize that I'm dating his son and we don't see each other until we go for Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner. But she can just change the doctor. And my thought would be, we really need the girl to call in on this side of the story. But my thought would be that, Look, I mean, whatever you do for a living, eventually you get tired of doing it. It's unlikely that she has anything going on that he hasn't seen a billion times before. Right? I don't think that if you talk to your average gynecologist, he would be like, oh, you know, I saw this one and it was so much different than every other one I've ever seen in my life. So I don't think unless like... You know, I could see if she had had like some sort of like, let's say she had had a couple of different pregnancies when she was like 14 or 15 years old and he had known about it. Like then I can see kind of the difficulty for her of being like, oh, my God, I can never date this guy. I had an abortion when I was 14 and this guy knows my father in law now knows all my medical history. Unless she has a lot of things in her past and she's young, she's only 20, unless she has something like that in her past, I don't understand why this would be a major issue for her. So my concern, I guess, if you're if you're the guy here and you really like her and she tr- truly has freaked out in this manner, it might be that she had something in her past that he knows about that she wishes nobody else knew about, and it's the kind of thing you don't want your father-in-law to know about you. That's my first thought. If it's a typical, you know, just doctor-patient relationship in a small town, your dad treats a lot of the women in that town. It would be hard, I would imagine, for you to find people who don't have some sort of connection in a small town like that. That's that's a tough uh, that that's a tough situation as well. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine is the phone number. Going to New York next. Then I'm going to go to Eddie Garcia for an update. Double field your calls in the meantime, and we will load them up to finish off the segment. Uh, New York, what you got for me? Hey Clay, good morning. Good morning to you. All right. So, um, me and my buddies, um, I've been a long-time Buffalo Bills season ticket holder for over 10 years. 
Um, my buddies and I, you know, we've pretty much never missed a home game the last 10 years other than, you know, weddings and like, you know, big events that one of us has had. Uh, we have this Winnebago that we painted, you know, in all Buffalo Bills colors, you know, every Sunday morning we leave at like six in the morning, we go up to the game, you know, we come back, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. Um, and recently, you know, I just had my second kid I'm 35 years old. Um, you know, I've been married to my wife for six years. Uh, she came into the relationship when we first started dating, knowing that we did this like a ritual. And this past year, she's been really insistent that, you know, I sell the Winnebago and it's time to basically grow up now that I have a second child. How many people go to, uh, the, like, the, you have the Bills Winnebago. How many of you tailgate all day? Well, there's four of us, that have, including me, that have been doing it for over 10 years. And, you yeah. know, every week or so, you know, we'll pick up a couple buddies here and there. But for the most part, it's always us four. But, I mean, comfortably, it only holds like six or seven. Uh, you know, my wife, you know, isn't really a big football fan. So she's probably come with us maybe two, three times in the last six years. And really, I mean, this is you being able to get away from your wife. And I'm assuming a lot of your guy friends, too. Like, this is your time to hang out with guys in your mind, right? Right, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. You know, I've tried to make compromises. You know, like I don't go out on Fridays, Saturday nights if there's a Bills home game. You know, I try to pull my extra weight around the house, you know, try to do something nice. Like, you know, she likes theater, get her tickets. And, you know, just, you know, I know it's a whole day thing, you know, watching, you know, the little two little ones at the house. How and, old are the kids? You know, for a whole day. Uh, my son just turned six months and my daughter is two. Uh, all right, so, uh, and everybody out there, obviously, so do you do this for the preseason, too, or do you just do it for the regular season? Just the regular season. So we're talking about eight different Sundays, or if the Bills happen to be on a Monday night or whatever it is, eight different days, uh, but primarily Sundays. You get there at 6, and you don't get home till 9. Uh, yeah, roughly. You know, we leave her early, and we, you know, we hang out a little later. All right, so and, you know, usually it doesn't help that I come home drunk either. Yeah, right. That's what I was going to say. I'm sure that you've been so. Uh, first of all, if you're coming home by nine, that's way late, right? Because the game is typically at one o'clock and would be over by four. So I don't know how far you live, um, but uh, but this is an interesting question. All right, so you're 35. You've been doing this for 10 years. You got two young kids. My first thought that's pretty easy is this. Why can't, could you afford to hire a babysitter for your wife for part of Sunday? Yes. I mean, we could, I mean, you know, she wants me to sell it, but it's not out of like financial concerns. You yes. Know? There's no issue there. It's just, it's just more of me not spending quality time with the family. Yeah. yeah well, we so first of all, yeah, the quality time with the family thing, you've got a six month old. All right. Like the six month old, there is no quality time with the six month old in terms of things that he's going to remember. Uh, you know, I, I've got three boys like that, that's a that's an age where you just constantly are under siege. I think what this is about is more. There's a couple of things here. It's a, it's a great question. And I think a lot of guys have to deal with this as they add kids to their family. This is your wife wanting to pull you away from your friends and your single lifedom and sort of make you more of a stay-at-home dad type on the weekends. What I think is significant already that you said you've done is on game day weekends, you don't do anything on a Friday or a Saturday. You stay around the house. 
I think this is also about your wife wanting to hang over your head. Oh, I'm spending all day Sunday with these kids. Um, I think you already mentioned that you will encourage her to do other things uh, that, that don't necessarily have to involve you. What I would do for the next season is I would add a babysitter to the repertoire. So if you are leaving at 6 a.m., if you could find a babysitter that shows up at 6 a.m. when you uh, leave, then I think that would be a fairly substantial asset as well. Let your wife sleep in. Let that babysitter be there for six or eight hours to help out. The other thing I got to be honest with you is this. Six to nine is a long day, all right? And you're undoubtedly showing up drunk. If you left to go tailgate at nine which would mean that you would get the kids up and help with them in the morning, and you got back at 6 or even 5, I don't know that your overall enjoyment level is going to be substantially declined, and then it's much more like a normal day as opposed to you being gone for the entirety of the day. That would be my suggestion, would be babysitter to help her uh, take care of the kids by herself. And because when the kid, by next season, your son is going to be over a year old, and then he does start to be kind of a handful because he's running around. He can get into a lot of different stuff. So I would say babysitter for those eight days, and also you got to cut down on the hours. 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. is just way too long to be away for a three-hour football game. Dub, what do you think of the advice that I gave so far? You're fielding calls, but how would you assess my, uh, my performance thus far? Solid advice on those first two, man. Those were some some interesting interesting stories that uh, those guys are having to deal with right now. So I, I thought think, uh, your advice was solid. I think the, the 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 girlfriend and your dad is her gynecologist. I think it has to be something more than just he is the gynecologist. The more I think about it, yeah, Danny G, you've been thinking on that. Yeah, actually, our guy Vito texted me when when that call was on, and he said. Hey, you guys, wouldn't the last name of the boyfriend and the dad's name tip her off that there may be uh, some sort of coincidence that I it was her so. doctor? I mean, first of all, we don't know his last name, obviously, which is why it's the anonymous mailbag. <laughs> but many last names are yeah. very similar. But he said it's a really small town. Yeah, right. But if your last name is Brown or your last name is Smith, like, why would you assume? Like, I understand if your last name is something that's incredibly unique. Then yeah. maybe that could be uh, maybe that could be a situation where you think about it, um, but I, I I don't really see that as being you know like that common because in in a small town like that, first of all, there's lots of people that would have the same last names often, and um, it's not that small of a town because he also said there were multiple high schools, so it's not that small of a high school, it's small of a town if she went to a different high school um, than him, and I also think again that. To me, when I hear that story, the alarm bell that goes off is, oh, she must have had something in her past that's more serious than just going to the doctor. Yeah, some sort of skeleton. I mean, I understand it would be an an uncomfortable experience for somebody who has seen you naked to be your father-in-law. Like, that's a little bit icky and weird to begin with. But in a small town like that, there wouldn't be that many gynecologists, I wouldn't think. So uh, for him, I would think that he would maybe uh, maybe have thought beforehand uh, to to say something, right? I mean, if you're if you're that concerned, you could at least think about it as a potential outcome there. Um, 
the guy with the Buffalo Bills, I'm sure he's a member of the Bills Mafia, going and tailgating all day. <laughs> I think six to nine is just too long. Yeah, you go that's to a, a lot of that's, that's, a, long, that's a long day. Yeah, and also the longer that you're there, the drunker that you get. I mean, when the game ends at four and you're getting back home at nine and you have your own Bills tailgate vehicle, um, <laughs> I can see how your wife could be like, dude, you're 35 years old. This was funny and entertaining. For 10 years. And remember, women marry men wanting to change them. This is, is, I think, a great detail (laughs) that men don't think about very much. When you get married to your wife, you probably think she's perfect. You would be very happy with her looking, ideally, the exact same for the rest of your life. You'd like her to be that pretty. You'd like her to uh, to be that fun. You'd like her to be almost identical to the person that she is when you marry her. Women marry men thinking, I can work with him, right? Like, they never like what we actually are. They think that they can turn us into something that they are more happy with. So women look at men as projects. Like, I'm going to get him to do X, Y, and Z. Oh, I can work on him. Men, I think, look at women and say, oh, I like her just the way she is. I don't think there are very many men. So I think this is a common circumstance. Like, oh, it's cool. He's got his guy friends. He goes and he tailgates and he has a good time. And uh, and I have no problem with it. Oh, it's so cool that you have your friends. I'm the cool chick. I got no issue with it. And then you have kids, and suddenly it becomes a big issue. What used to be, oh, it's kind of cute, it's kind of fun, how he and his friends go have a day, and they just go drink, and they watch the bills, <laughs> and then they come home, and like he's been drinking, and ah, ha, 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 turns into a major issue when it's happening eight times during the course of the season. And I don't know where you park like the Bills RV, but when the Bills RV that's painted in Bills colors is parked at your house, it's not as cool as when you're dating and you're like, okay, this is just something that he does. I I think that that's uh, the more kids you have, certainly. And I'm surprised it took two kids. Um, I'm surprised it didn't come up as a bigger issue with one. So I think the solution is you can't go tailgate starting at six and you can't get home at nine. And I think him coming drunk also doesn't help as well. Yeah, but in his defense, like, what else are you going to do if you're going to tailgate all day? Like, I don't, are there people who tailgate and don't drink? Like, I, I, I maybe there are, but I, to me, the tailgate experience is primarily connected with alcohol. So I think you can drink before the game, hope to sober up during the course of the game, and then be able to drive home, you know, after a three-hour football game. Maybe you wait in the parking lot for an hour and chill and listen to the post game break down everything that happened and then get home um but yeah yeah i'm certainly coming home drunk i mean you're basically like wiping out the entire because yeah, i'm sure she wants him to help him help her out with some with the kids or something when he gets home but he, he's, he's drunk and she's she wants him not to be around the kids if he's drunk probably I'm sure, true. I'm sure that's an issue california last call for the anonymous mailbag of uh of the week what do you got for me california Long time listener, first time caller, Clay. Uh, funny that I'm calling on the anonymous mailbag instead of sports, though. Um, so my uh, kid's mother and I have been broke, broken up for about 10 years. Uh, but to help her out, uh, she moved in with me recently to you know help her save some money, get her own spot. Well, since then, she uh, isn't working, and uh, she's not holding up her part of the bargain, uh, which is cooking and cleaning. 
Uh, I decided to not charge her any rent. Uh, what are your thoughts? How old is the kid? The kid is 11 years old. Who has custody? It's uh, 50-50. So the kid thinks this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, right? Yeah, he want, he wants us to get back together, but I mean, I I don't want to give the you know the kids hopes up. I mean, you know, I mean, it's uh, I'm kind yeah. of in between a rock and a hard place. What do I do? Kick kick the uh, you know, the mother of my kids out, or you know, what what do I do? One kid or more more than just one kid? Just one. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it's see. First of all, you gave him. Thanks for the call. You gave him false hope when you allowed your uh, ex wife to move back into the house. Because every kid, I think, out there on the planet whose parents get divorced, some part of his or her head thinks, maybe my parents will get back together again, right? So I understand she's having a tough go of it, and you're just trying to be the nice guy. But when you brought her back into the house, you gave the kid false hope. And I also think you created a situation where you can't kick your ex-wife out of the house when she's the mother of your son, and where is she going to go if she's got 50-50 custody? My suggestion in general would be that you try and get more than 50-50 custody of your kid and uh, and allow her to kind of get back on her feet without having to worry about finding a place for him to live in the meantime. But man, this is a tough situation because you've created a uh, a dilemma for yourself where she's not really upholding her into the bargain. But what exactly else is going on there? That's a, that's a tough situation. And you've also then brought your kids' feelings back into play, and he's got mom and dad back under the same roof. Oh man, I don't know how to solve that problem. I don't think you can kick her out. You need her to make a voluntary decision to leave on her own. But it doesn't sound like she would because she's got a good gig right now. She doesn't have to do anything, and you're taking care of her. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Best job of the eight that's open right now. I think it's Cleveland Browns. I think Baker Mayfield, what he did in year one, if you can connect yourself to him, you have got a lot of opportunity for success in Cleveland. The Browns are on the upswing. Good salary cap space. Good young talent in Nick Chubb and in Baker Mayfield. I love everything that I saw from Baker Mayfield. He should be the rookie of the year this season. I think the Browns, I can't believe I'm saying it, are the best of the eight available jobs right now. Second best. He's flown a little bit under the radar, and I can't believe this is the case because he's playing in New York, but I guess this is what happens when you play for the Jets as opposed to the Giants. Guys, down the stretch, Sam Darnold was fantastic. Some of the throws he made were downright phenomenal. The Jets have a ton of cap room. There's talk about them going and signing Le'Veon Bell. How much of a difference could he make with Sam Darnold? I think the second best job that's available right now in the NFL is the New York Jets. Third. This is a sign of a quarterback that's a little bit old and also a roster that's not put together that well around him. I'm not convinced Aaron Rodgers is that healthy. I'm not sure how many years he's going to continue to play, but I think you have to make the Packers the third best available job. I would go young quarterback one and two with the Browns and the Jets, given how good Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold have been. But in the three spot, one of the historically great quarterbacks, I'd go Packers. Four spot. If you believe that Josh Rosen is going to be good, then I think the Cardinals could be a decent job because they was not very good in year one, but he showed flashes. 
And so I am a little bit convinced that if he got the right coach, Josh Rosen could be pretty solid. So I've got the Cardinals as the fourth best job that is available right now. But the fifth job, I'm going Broncos. I'm not sold on Case Keenum, but I think Vance Joseph did a bad job with a roster that's very good on the defensive side of the ball. I think he got good young talent uh, at the running back position. Certainly, he got good young talent at the wide receiver position. You were comfortable firing, uh, getting rid of Demarius Thomas, trading him, I guess not firing him. Uh, And so uh, I think if you go into the draft and you want to get a good young quarterback, the Broncos have a good roster. In the meantime, you can win with Case Keenum. In the sixth spot, um, I would argue – I mean, you're kind of getting into a uh, into a difficult spot in trying to value all of these. But I feel like the Bengals are the sixth best team. When Andy Dalton comes back, A.J. Green, Marvin Lewis won a lot of games there with the Bengals. He went 131 and 122 overall. A lot of trips to the playoffs. I don't think the talent overall is awful. So I'd go the Bengals, the sixth best team. In the seventh spot, I go Dolphins. That's because I don't feel like they have anything set up with the quarterback position. You don't really know what you've got there. You don't think Brock Osweiler's the future. You don't think Ryan Tannehill's the future. Um, What moves could you make? Now, maybe if you've got a chance to make a run after a Nick Foles or somebody like that, I could change the situation with the Dolphins overnight. But I've got the Dolphins in the seventh spot. And then in the eighth spot, I think this is the worst spot by far. I think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't believe in Jameis Winston. They've made it clear that Jameis Winston is their quarterback, but they don't have him under contract for multi-years. The offense was really good under Dirk Cutter, and they still couldn't win anything. I don't feel good about the culture in the Bucs, so that is my ranking 1-8. to eight. Browns, Jets, Packers, Cardinals, Broncos, Bengals, Dolphins, Bucks. That's how I would rank them, 1-8, if I were sitting around making decisions about which roster to go be a part of for next season. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And we're with Todd Furman now. I'm going to be on television with him later today. Furman, are you with me that Antonio Brown, as the mass singer, maybe not the greatest sign that uh, that ever there has been that that show is going to be a tremendous success? Probably not a good recipe for a long-standing viability there, but Antonio does have a track record of having been on Dancing with the Stars, and who knows, maybe the Fox execs decided to bump this up, uh, given all the drama surrounding Antonio in the sports world, as the Pittsburgh Steelers have become the biggest drama story in the NFL, this side of the Kardashians. If you were a GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you had to make a decision about how to respond to Antonio Brown's ridiculousness, what would you do? I mean, it's a tough spot because you look at the salary cap hit that this team is going to take. I mean, they've committed so much to him being that face of the organization. But when you're not getting along with the starting quarterback and we know Big Ben is on his last leg, we're not quite sure how Mike Tomlin has even been able to retain his job this long given the underachievement we've seen from the team. I think you begin to explore every single option at your disposal to be done with Antonio Brown because once you lose the locker room and you don't feel that you can go to war, so to speak, every single Sunday with the guys around you, you. I mean, he was the one that came out in support of Le'Veon Bell rather than taking the side of every other teammate. The writing was on the wall, and then this situation just says, hey, maybe take the cap hit, shop him around, and send him off to San Francisco, Tampa. Lord knows who wants to pick up his contract, knowing Antonio has all the talent in the world, but brings a ton of baggage with it as well. 
What do you think uh, the uh, when you think about the overall kind of landscape of available coaching jobs, right? Like there are eight different jobs that are open right now. If you were advising, you, you, you know the talent, the rosters pretty well. If you were advising all of the coaches out there that are considering these jobs, right now you have the Bengals, the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Packers. What's the best job out there if your goal is to win early and then also maintain, obviously, your job? For me, it's not even close. And the only question you have to ask yourself is, do you have the right personality to mesh with Baker Mayfield? Because the Cleveland Browns, talent-wise, have all of their key contributors that are under the age of 30. This roster is poised to win as early as next season. We saw all the momentum they finished the campaign with. You have a running back you can build around. You have some wide receiver talent. I like the pieces they have on the defensive side of the ball. The Cleveland Browns right now, from top to bottom of all the coaching availabilities, make the most sense. But what's interesting about it, Clay, you kind of have your pick of young quarterbacks. If you don't feel comfortable with the Browns, is Sam Darnold your guy? Do you think he's headed in the right direction? Maybe go there. Arizona, another young quarterback in its own right, as well as Josh Rosen. And then, of course, the Packers, a first ballot Hall of Famer, Aaron Aaron Rodgers. But you have to have a strong personality. I think I'm going to be very curious to see how all of this ultimately plays out. The one organization that I'd be very leery of going to, uh, I don't see a lot of talent in Denver, aside from maybe Von Miller and some of their young receivers. I don't like having to deal with Case Keenum. And then with John Elway, his track record speaks for itself. If it wasn't for Peyton Manning, we'd be talking about firing a legend that had nothing to his name uh, as a general manager of that organization. Wild card weekend coming up. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. Which is the best game to bet? For me, I think it's the late game on Saturday night, and it's Seattle against Dallas. Uh, I look at the Cowboys, and they're a little bit undervalued in the betting market, given how they struggled in their final three games of the season. Once they knew that they only had to win one out of the last three, whether it was resting players, whether it was not tipping their hand as far as offensive game plan, uh, the Cowboys look like a pretty average football team. Meanwhile, Seattle, they've been one of the more dynamic offenses since Week 10. I know you talked about it yesterday on the show about Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll being such a tough tandem to go against, but I think Dallas, the most complete football team, nobody expects them really to win the game, even with them as one, one and a half point favorites, but I think the Cowboys will run the football with Ezekiel Elliott, they'll play defense well enough, and we'll be talking about them finally shedding that mantra of being underachievers as they move on to the divisional round. All the teams playing in the wild card round are underdogs to advance to the Super Bowl. If you had to pick one team that's playing in the wild card round to make the Super Bowl, who would it be? Uh, For me, I think it comes from the first game on Sunday. That winner of the Chargers-Ravens game probably has a lot of the pieces you'd like to see to make a deep run into the postseason. The Chargers, of course, with Phillip Rivers at 37 years old, trying to finally get over the hump as he has the all-time record for passing yards, wins, and a lot of other key metrics, never having played in a conference championship game. Meanwhile, Baltimore on the other side, number one in the league in yards per game allowed from a defensive standpoint. They can run the ball as well as anybody. And I know you've talked about it at great lengths. How will the Ravens fare if they find themselves at a deficit of more than one score with Amar Jackson being somewhat one-dimensional? I trust Coach Harbaugh, and amongst active NFL head coaches right now. He has the second best win percentage in the postseason behind only Bill Belichick. This is a Ravens team that's tough to prepare for and I think that they have everything going for them right now, highlighted by a defense that's only on the field for about 53 snaps per game, meaning they're plenty well rested. 
Colts are taking on the Texans. They won the last time they played there. They lost in overtime 37 to 34 back in early October. So this is uh these are two teams that are pretty evenly matched. I like the Colts. What do you expect here? I lean towards the Colts with you as well. Uh, I don't think there is a ton of wiggle room with this number now sitting at the Houston Texans minus one. You look at this Colts team, and since week seven, best record in the league at nine and one, the only blemish coming at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Best point differential during that span at plus 117. They extend drives better than any team in the league, number one ranked third down offense, and they actually have one of the league's top scoring defenses over the last ten games as well, led by a hot coaching candidate in his own right, and Matt Eberflus. T.Y. Hilton should be able to go. Ryan Kelly, a full participant in practice. So the Colts check a lot of the key boxes. The one fear I have, Clay, with the Colts is their inexperience. 24 of the 53 players on the active roster are in their first or second NFL season. Only 15 have ever participated in a playoff game. And while Deshaun Watson will make his playoff debut on the other side, there are a lot of these Houston Texans that have been there, done that, even with some question marks in the secondary. If things start rolling in the positive direction for them, how will the Colts handle adversity if Andrew Luck can't do everything he'd like to as far as slicing and dicing in the passing game. Last question on the wild card around the final game Sunday afternoon will be Eagles Bears. What to you stands out here? This is the only game that's over a field goal, by the way. Uh, a lot of really tight lines in these games, and then the Bears are a six point favorite. Is that too many? For me, it's the fact that you have an inexperienced quarterback laying almost a touchdown against a team who's playing with house money at this juncture in that campaign. They were 125-1 to Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl at BetOnline.ag back in early December when we all wrote them off for dead. Meanwhile, the Bears, we know what this defense can do, and they rank across the board as a number one defense in a lot of the most important metrics highlighted by their scoring defense, their run D, takeaways, passer rating allowed, yards for plate allowed, and defensive touch touchdowns where they have six first time they'll lead in yards per game allowed in defensive touchdowns since 1985 but can they create short field are they able to score on that defensive side of the ball because if they're not and you talked about this in greater detail Mitchell Trubisky hasn't exactly been the most dynamic quarterback over the last couple weeks. So much of the pressure is going to fall on Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohn. Wouldn't shock me in the least. The Bears win the football game, but the Eagles ultimately cover the final game of Wild Card Weekend. How do you play uh, the final game of the college football season? Alabama around a five-and-a-half or six-point favorite over under 60 in this game that's taking place out in Santa Clara on Monday. For me, it was all about grabbing a number initially uh, when some, a lot of the books opened at 7. Didn't think that price was going to last, so figured I'd grab a piece of Clemson there. Now, that being said, I'm not sure Clemson will ultimately grow to become the side, and I have some questions about their secondary and how they'll hold up against this Alabama passing attack. Uh, but this is a venue where I don't think you're going to see vertical passing games on full display. I know you'll be in attendance, and I'm curious to get a weather forecast since we know that is a key crux in the way that you handicap all of your football. Uh, but these two teams know each other as well as anybody else. And for the first time uh, in the rubber match in the national championship, Clemson enters with a better defense, Alabama probably with a more dynamic offense. And I can tell you from a sportsbook perspective, the best case scenario for them would be an Alabama cover, but a 
excuse me, Clemson cover and Alabama winning outright because when the general public bets a championship game or any game of this magnitude, they don't want the underdog with the points. They're looking for that huge payout, uh, and they don't really want to try and run away a money line with Alabama. So it wouldn't shock me at all if we're talking about Alabama winning a national title with this game falling somewhere in that 30 to 27 range. It's supposed to be cold, and the ticket market is awful. Um, you know, you can get in for $140, $150, which is way below what the usual ticket uh, face value is. So uh, if you're interested listening out there right now, this is probably the best uh, number you're ever going to see in terms of cost to get in. Todd Furman, I will see you later on the uh, television program, 430 Eastern, 330 Central, 230 Mountain, 130 Pacific on FS1. Talk to you then, man. Looking forward to it, my friend. You can go follow him on Twitter at Todd Furman. He's on an absolute roll right now, by the way, with his gambling picks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.